Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Brush Up Your Shakespeare, where we make Shakespeare fun, easy, and entertaining, the way it was always supposed to be. The very fact I am doing this show raises a number of questions, which I am going to try to answer in this introductory episode. Number one, why do a podcast on Shakespeare? Well, in Western society, at least, pretty much everybody has heard of the plays of William Shakespeare, but relatively few people actually read them or watch them performed. We all know Shakespeare is reputed to be the greatest writer in Western literature, if not world literature. So why so many people reluctant to engage with Shakespeare? The answer, I think, is because we have been trained to understand or at least believe that Shakespeare is too difficult to understand. And even if we could understand what he is saying, generations of high school English teachers have convinced us it was too boring to spend any time with after graduation. I may have felt this way too at one time. But 15 years ago, I made a diligent and thorough study of Shakespeare. I should say beginning 15 years ago because I'm certainly not done with my study and his plays. And much to my surprise, I found out the opposite to be the case. Shakespeare is not difficult to understand. Shakespeare is not boring. In fact, his plays are outrageously entertaining. The goal of Brush Up Your Shakespeare is to make the plays easy to understand and fun to read. And to that end, I will tell you that I am not, nor have I ever been, a high school English teacher. In fact, my career has been as an attorney, where I have focused the past 34 years of my life in the field of criminal law. Question number two that comes up, why is the podcast called Brush Up Your Shakespeare? The expression Brush Up Your Shakespeare comes from an old musical comedy with lyrics by Cole Porter called Kiss Me Kate, itself sort of a loose musical version of The Taming of the Shrew. One of the best songs in the show goes to a couple of lowbrow, relatively uneducated hoodlum types who don't know Shakespeare, but understand its importance in getting along in the world. One of the lines from the show goes like this, or from the song goes like this, brush up your Shakespeare, start quoting him now, brush up your Shakespeare and the women you will wow. And it goes on from there. Now, whereas these two hoodlums wanted to learn bits and pieces of Shakespeare to impress attractive women, quoting a few apt lines of Shakespeare here and there has the tendency to impress a lot more than just women. It usually impresses everybody. And that is where this podcast comes in. We will go over the plays of Shakespeare, focusing on one quote per episode. Not a long quote, not a soliloquy, a relatively short and easy quote to learn, memorize, and keep handy. The episodes will be no more than 15 minutes long. That's my promise to you. And I'm going to try not to break it in this very first episode. In that brief time span of 15 minutes, we will talk about the Shakespeare quote of the day, what it means, what its context is in the play that it appears, and how to use it in the course of conversation. In a relatively short period of time, you will be quoting Shakespeare like you are intimately familiar with his works. Through listening to this podcast, you will also familiarize yourself with the plots of the different plays, which is just as much fun as learning the lines. 
And don't worry for one second if you feel like a Shakespeare poser or something. So do I. Because when it comes to Shakespeare, there are no experts. We are all students. And in a very real sense, no matter how much or how little one knows, we are all posers to one degree or another when it comes to Shakespeare. Question number three, what is the first play we will cover? Well, Shakespeare is generally believed to have written 38 plays. I have read them all more than once. The plays can be divided from my perspective into three broad categories. One third of the plays are very good. One third of the plays are excellent. And one third of the plays are masterpieces, each in their own right. But there is one play that towers over them all. That play is Hamlet. And that is the play we will be covering first. Hamlet has plenty of unforgettable lines for us to learn. The story is told of an elderly lady who had never read Shakespeare and told her friend she had decided to finally sit down and read Hamlet, as everybody was always talking about how great a play it was. A few weeks later, her friend asked if she had finished Hamlet. The elderly lady said yes, she had. The friend asked, well, what did you think? Oh, it wasn't that great, came the reply. It is just a bunch of famous quotes strung together. Now, if you're wondering where I got that story, I got it from Isaac Asimov. Yes, Isaac Asimov, the great science fiction writer, most famous for novels such as I, Robot and the Foundation trilogy. Isaac Asimov wrote books other than science fiction, though. And one of the books he wrote is called Asimov's Guide to Shakespeare, published in 1970. Yes, Shakespeare is so important, even Isaac Asimov wrote a guide to all of his works. The story about the elderly lady that I just told you is in the introduction to Asimov's book. Asimov also wrote about Shakespeare, quote, indeed, so important are Shakespeare's works that only the Bible can compare with them in their influence upon our language and thought. Shakespeare has said so many things so supremely well that we are forever finding ourselves thinking in his terms. Well, back to Hamlet. What is the play Hamlet about? In its most basic form, Hamlet fits into a standard type of play called a revenge play. Revenge plays have been with us long before Hamlet and continue up to the present day, with many made into movies such as Death Wish with Charles Bronson. That revenge play or revenge movie was so popular it spawned several sequels. The plot of a revenge play is simple. The hero, the person English teachers might call the protagonist, has something horrible done to him by the villain. This usually involves the murder of one or more members of the hero's family or friends. That's step one. Step two is watching our hero go about getting revenge on the villain for the wrongs the hero has suffered and usually in the most gory and violent manner possible. We love this stuff. We eat it up. That's why revenge plays will always be with us. But Hamlet is not Shakespeare's only revenge play. He wrote another revenge play, lesser known than Hamlet, called Titus Andronicus. Although Titus Andronicus is nowhere near as famous as Hamlet, it does beat out Hamlet in one important category. More people either die or get maimed 
in Titus Andronicus than in any other Shakespeare play, including Hamlet. Although there is some controversy for who gets that title, which play wins that award. As noted in Shakespeareances.com, that's the name of the website I got this quote from, bloodiest play? Titus Andronicus earns that tag thanks to the number of body appendages whacked off along with its 15 fatalities all but five on stage, including the fly. However, the Shakespeare play featuring the highest death toll, still not Hamlet, is Henry IV, Part Two, with 18, 10 of those on stage. Even so, Hamlet is famous for how many people died, 11 all totaled. Maybe it seems like Hamlet is more bloody because many of the characters are so well-developed before they meet their grisly end. In the words of another song from another Hollywood musical, Hamlet is famously described as or some Shakespearean scene where a ghost and a prince meet and everyone ends in mincemeat. So why is Hamlet so much more famous than Titus Andronicus? Because Hamlet is a thinking person's revenge play. In a standard revenge play such as Death Wish, some crackhead criminal kills Charles Bronson's wife, who I think was played by Hope Lang in the movie, the police can't find the culprit, so Bronson decides to track him down on his own and get revenge. Simple enough. He just has to avoid being caught by the police. But in Hamlet, things are not so simple. The person murdered in Hamlet is Hamlet's father. And Hamlet must, according to the rules of the game, kill his father's murderer in order to be revenged. The problem is that Hamlet's father is the king the king of Denmark to be exact, which makes Hamlet a prince. And the person who murdered Hamlet's father is his uncle, the king's brother. And the king's brother has now married Hamlet's mother and become king himself. So for Hamlet to revenge his father, he doesn't have to just kill a crackhead in the streets. He has to kill the new reigning king of Denmark. For Hamlet, revenge doesn't consist solely in murder. It consists in regicide, the killing of the king. And the odds are that if Hamlet kills the king, he may not come out of it alive. People tended to look down on the killing of kings back then. What to do, what to do. That, in its most basic form, is what Hamlet is about and why it is one of the most exciting and provocative plays ever written. Well, that's the end of this very first podcast of Brush Up Your Shakespeare. I hope you will join me next time when we begin with our first line from Shakespeare, drawn from the very first scene of the very first act of Hamlet. So please hit like, please hit subscribe, please share this podcast with your friends and family, and together we will all brush up our Shakespeare. Thank you so much for watching, and good night.